Hi and welcome to the Final Whistles Premier League Weekly presented by Live Now. Liverpool and Manchester City continue their winning ways, but could they come unstuck this week against two improving sides? Elsewhere, Manchester United are woeful once again, but manage a draw against Chelsea, while Crystal Palace are on a four-game winless run. Are they as good as what we have been led to believe? All this and more on the Final Whistles Premier League Weekly, presented by Life Now. Hi everyone, I'm Roshan. And I'm Deepan. Uh, Roshan, well, we are recording this a few hours after Manchester United's 1-1 draw with Chelsea. Uh, this result, of course, meant that United can only equal their lowest ever Premier League points tally, uh, which was from their 13-14 season, uh, when David Moyes was at the wheel. Uh, and for that to happen, for them to equal that, they'll need to win the last three games, which, which basically confirms that uh, United will set a new record this season. I, I would think so. And I think <laughs> I, I'm surprised by that stat because I think United have been much worse than they were in that David Moyes uh, three-quarter of a season or however long he was at the helm. So, uh, yeah, it's it's a new low for Manchester United. And before we started recording, I said to you, I'd rather not talk about Manchester United. Unfortunately, that's the name of the game and we will talk about them later. But first, let me get trivia out of the way, okay? And yep. it's to do with uh, Manchester United. In fact, uh, Cristiano Ronaldo obviously scored his... Uh, his 23rd goal of the season and rescued us a point against Chelsea. So, who has the most Premier League goals this season against the current top five? Cristiano Ronaldo leads the way, I'll tell you that, with eight. But there are four other players tied on four goals. Can you name me those players? Sorry, uh, someone has eight goals against the top five this season, this season is it? Yeah. And, and Ronaldo has eight this season? Ronaldo leads the way in terms of goals against the top five with eight goals against top five opposition in the table as per the table top five uh, opposition. Because he scored a hat-trick. Uh, yeah, against uh, Spurs. Okay, makes sense. Yeah, I believe he scored against Arsenal as well. Yep. Uh, so so you are, you are telling me that there are four players tied of four. Yeah, I would like you to name me three. Okay. Uh, one of them would be Mo Salah. Yep. Scored five against United alone. Yes. Uh, I, sorry, I beg your pardon. United are not top five opposition at this point. But yeah, Mo Salah is one of them. Uh, is there another Liverpool player in this rank? Yes, there is. And that would be Diogo Jota. Okay. And one more. One more. Uh, the one more would be a Manchester City player. Not hot, bro. Not hot. Not hot. Ah. <laughs> uh, sorry. It would be a... Well, cannot be Arsenal. Chelsea player. Eh, can... I'd wow. say look further down the table. Nah, this one I, I wouldn't have a clue. Okay, there's two more players. I will give you a while to let you think about it. One of them is pretty obvious. One of them is pretty surprising. So, I'll I'll tell you later on in the show. Alright. Uh, yeah, let's look back at the results from the past weekend. Uh, we'll start off with the live now uh, match of the week which was Manchester City against Watford. A 5-1 victory, uh, easy victory for Manchester City as we had predicted it to be. Uh, but Russia, I think what I wanted to pad on was, of course, uh, a looking forward element, which is, you know, Manchester City convincing winners against Watford and really showed their class. Uh, but I felt they showed their class again in midweek, even though, you know, somebody might wake up and, and look at the live score or, or, or the result and think, Oh, 
only a one one goal victory, but Manchester City were out of this world against Real Madrid. Uh, I think in the first 20-30 minutes, City could have been 4-0 up. Uh, and, and to me, what I was reflecting on, you know, uh, after this game, or maybe after that opening blitz was, are our English Premier League sides that far ahead of uh, the rest of Europe? You know, that's what I feel. I mean, I, I know, you know, week in, week out, we, we marvel at the, the likes of Manchester City and I know we'll talk about Liverpool later on. But when they play these teams in Europe, and, and Liverpool was the same as well against Villarreal, they could have finished off that tie in the, in, the, in the first league. I think really, these two teams are the two best sides in Europe at the moment. So, you know, there needs to be something special that has to happen for them to drop a game between now and the end of the season. Uh, but would you say that you know, after watching this game, and especially the Madrid game, where you know you didn't see uh, the, the first strongest eleven play against Madrid, even and still City could get uh, a victory. What is what could be their possible Achilles heel? You think? Well, for Man City to think of Achilles heel, it will be the injuries that they could incur because of the level of games they are playing. I agree that performance against Real Madrid was unreal. I think. Yes, it was just eventually a one-goal margin, their victory 4-3. And unfortunately for Man City, they don't... I never thought I would say this, but they don't seem to get the plaudits they deserve sometimes. you got Liverpool in a league of their own and getting all the plaudits because they're competing for four trophies. Even that game against Real Madrid, it was Karim Benzema who came out and stole the headlines because he now leads goal-scoring charts, he's doing well, and he's just an unreal striker. But Man City on their day, wow, they really put in a special performance. I think Guardiola will be a bit annoyed that they didn't score more to assert their dominance because you know going to Madrid a one goal advantage is not is not as comfortable as it should be so I hope Man City for all their good work in the first leg do see themselves through a couple of years ago or maybe even a decade ago almost there was a time when Manchester United and Chelsea were the premier Premier League clubs if that makes sense and I think currently Man City and Liverpool have just taken it to a whole new level in terms of football in terms of what they produce on the pitch, in terms of squad depth, in terms of managers with charisma, with chemistry. I think these two clubs are at the forefront of the game at the moment. I highly suspect it will be a Manchester City-Liverpool final in the Champions League. Uh, I've spoken to some Liverpool fans who would much rather face Real Madrid because they rather have the possibility of losing to Real Madrid than losing to Man City. But either way, it's going to be fascinating. I think Guardiola deserves special credit. Sometimes he gets written off as a guy who goes into top jobs and just uh, carries on where the club should be. But I think he's built something special at Man City and I feel like it will. it's bound to grow from here. I think with the addition of Haaland possibly next year and stuff like that, Man City look unbreakable almost. And the only sad thing for Man City is if not for such a Liverpool side, they would be rampant and miles above everybody else. Same for Liverpool. If they didn't have Man City as a foe, they would be miles above everybody else. So at least there's these two going toe-to-toe and as a neutral, it's absolutely fascinating to watch. Yeah, very good points raised there, Raushan. Uh, let's move on from Manchester City uh, and talk about some key results in the Premier League. Of course, uh, just running through uh, Arsenal with a 3-1 victory over Manchester United uh, in the game before they played Chelsea. Uh, I, I, I was... I mean, you know, uh, the, the referendations in this in this game were horrible. Uh, but I think it's a bit dated now to, to talk about that particular game. Uh, but, you know, in other results, Leicester City nil, Arsenal Villa nil, uh, Norwich City going down 3-0 to Newcastle. Uh, but the result that I want to talk about at this moment is, of course, Crystal Palace nil at home 
uh, to Leeds United. Look, Rashad, I, I know we've spent a lot of this season talking about Patrick Vieira's side and talking about you know how they've uh, been this and how they've been that. And the media has also uh, been quite keen to highlight that, that Crystal Palace have been improved, uh, etc. But you look at the table at the moment, especially because they are on this uh, winless run of, of four games in the English Premier League. But Crystal Palace are right now 14th in the league on 38 points. And, and this is not far off a Leeds United for, who have for so long this season uh, been without their key players, uh, been without their, their best players like Bamford, Calvin Phillips, and, and they're just four points off Crystal Palace. So are we giving Crystal Palace more credit than they deserve? I think it'd be harsh to say we're giving them more credit than they deserve. I think with it being Patrick Vieira's first season and where he had to pick up from what Roy Hodgson left him, he's done well to turn the club around. But ultimately, Crystal Palace have a strong eleven, but not a strong squad. So they will get eye-catching results. They play flowing football. And when you compare it to Hodgson's football, of course, it's a breath of fresh air to the Premier League. I think that's what has garnered a lot of uh, good high praise for the club. I don't think it's... When you look at the table, obviously, they are stuck in 14th and on the back of a winless run. That's how the season is going to peter out for them. I don't think they're going to finish in the top half of the club. But I think there are non-tangible benefits to what Vieira has brought to Crystal Palace. And I think that's the clamour for him almost. And then it's... I wrote Vieira off at the start of the year because of he came in without much top-level experience, shall I say. And he's done well to galvanise their football club, turn things around and establish a way of play, which is what people look forward to and Palace play at the moment. But I think their agenda going into the break should be to beef up that squad a little and have options, which I think Vieira will look into doing. And I think he's done well enough to earn the trust of the board to spend some money and try and beef up that squad a little. Yep, for sure. I, I, I do think that uh, as much as Palace have been impressive to watch in, in recent games, I think uh, the table does not lie. Uh, the fact that you know I mentioned them you know being quite close to Leeds United is quite telling that um, there needs to be improvements for, for Patrick Vera's side, like you say, you know, to sustain a, a longer time uh, approach to the season. Uh, I think one of the players they've been linked to is uh, Aaron Wan Bissaka. Uh, if I were United, is that an improvement would... really? For them, yeah, I mean, maybe and, that is Palace, uh, Juan Bissaka's level, you know. Yeah, yeah, me and, and I'll as a United fan, I'll be happy, uh, to see the back of uh, Aaron Juan Bissaka because that would mean, uh, another right back would, would probably come in through the window, uh, at United. Uh, well, Roshan, um, we'll we'll talk more about the English Premier League's upcoming fixtures in a bit. Uh, but let's now first go to the FPL radar. Yep, this is where we talk about who impressed us in the past game week. Uh, Roshan, I'll go first. Um, this has been a name that we've discussed uh, not too long ago on the FPL radar. Uh, but he went he went off the radar, so as to speak, in the last few game weeks. Uh, and then people, rightly so, dropped him out of their FPL squads. Uh, but I checked that you still have him. Uh, and I would say, you know, if I were, if I were an FPL manager right now, which I don't think I am, uh, I would bring him in, and that's uh, Weghorst from Burnley. Uh, he's got two returns in his last three matches, uh, playing very well for a Burnley side that have uh, a new manager at the helm, uh, even, even so if it's an interim one. Uh, and I like the look of Burnley at the moment. They seem to be able to grind, to be able to grind out the, the victories, uh, keep a clean sheet. Uh, so yeah, any Burnley player who's starting at the moment would be a good pick. 
Um, but I'm looking at their fixtures and they've got, you know, Watford away, Aston Villa at home, and then a double game week with Spurs and Villa uh, before they finish off at Newcastle. Again, all these fixtures might not be prime fixtures for them to keep a clean sheet, but I definitely see them scoring at least one goal in each of these fixtures. And if that's the case, I think Waghorst is your man. Yeah, I think I was patient with Waghorst after being back in the January window. By your prediction, I believe I got him in and then it's been hard to keep him, but I think I didn't want to blow a minus four on the transfer, so I stuck through. And Burnley have an uptick in form since Sean Dyche left, so it'll be worth keeping Waghorst. For me, a player who stands out is a player who scored against uh, Manchester United uh, not too long ago, Marcus Alonso. I'm picking a Chelsea asset purely because there is a cup final on the horizon for Chelsea, and I believe players will be playing for their place in that final. And yesterday, it's very unfortunate that Reese James didn't get a return, attacking return for uh, his endeavour yesterday because I thought he was excellent. But between the two fullbacks, I feel Marcus Alonso is almost the more cost-effective option. And when you look at Liverpool and Man City going deep into competitions, and we talk about Jao Cancelo, uh, Andrew Robertson and Trent Alexander-Arnold, there is the risk of rotation between those players. I do think Marcus Alonso has made that left-back position his own and the outcome for Marcus Alonso for the rest of the season just to see how well he can do in terms of defensively as well as going forward. Yeah, Roshan, uh, speaking of FPL, can't wait for the season to end so that I don't have to play FPL anymore. <laughs> uh, I would say I've had as worse a season as Manchester United, uh, my worst ever FPL season. <laughs> Can't wait for it to end. Uh, but yeah, hopefully, I mean, uh, hopefully a new manager comes in next year to take over your team. Then, <laughs> no, I will, I will stay at the helm. Uh, but yeah, you know, if you if you have been playing FPL and you're top of your leagues, um, we do hope you know you you maintain your position there and do let us know if you have uh, any special picks uh, for the remaining game weeks ahead. Uh, right, Roshan, let's look ahead to the next game week. Right, this is Who's Next, where we look ahead to matches in the Premier League whilst also picking out FPL assets to consider. For the forthcoming campaign, Life Now will offer single match passes for the Premier League and provide a flexible option for football fans in Singapore with the ability to purchase pay-per-view passes for one fixture per match week. And the Premier League season is ending soon and that means we'll run out of these free gifts soon as well. So don't forget to go to our Instagram or Facebook page at the Final Whistle to find out how you can win three free Premier League match passes each week for yourself. And this week's Live Now featured match of the week is a London derby. It's West Ham against Arsenal. Yep, Roshan. Uh, big, big clash this one. Uh, uh, but you've got to factor in, I think, uh, West Ham's European adventure. Uh, they went down uh, 2-1 to, to Eintracht Frankfurt, I believe, in the Europa League. Uh, definitely, uh, they will have more than one eye on the return fixture because they will want to get into that, that, that final in the Europa League. So, you know, I, I don't see this being much of a contest, even though West Ham are at home. I'm quite sure West Ham will rest their key players and, and Arsenal are a team that really needs a win to, to ensure that their top four placing is secured. Um, yeah, so, so I, I, I'm going for an easy 3-0 Arsenal victory. What do you think? Yeah, I take your point entirely. West Ham will have a Europa League hangover a bit. I think they were unfortunate to lose 2-1 at home. So, they have all to do in the return league against Eintracht Frankfurt. And... When you look at the Premier League table, this is Arsenal's chance to solidify that push for top four. And I think having had the midweek off, they will get the job done quite easily. I think Ateta has to get the job done. No, no pressure, bro, but <laughs> this is their chance. And I think they will eventually get it done. I suspect it'll be a comfortable 2-0 victory for Arsenal. All right. Uh, let's move on to the other games. And, and you know, at the top of the show, we did mention that uh, Liverpool and City are, uh, are facing two improving sides 
let's quickly talk about these two games. Firstly, uh, Manchester City and Leeds United. Any chance for Leeds, Roshan? Uh, there's always a chance, but I suspect <coughs> Man City have the bit between their teeth. I think they'll be buoyed by beating a side like Real Madrid midweek. Yes, you can talk about fatigue, but when you look at squad depth, I don't think Man City are going to be troubled much by that. I When you look at the fixtures, everybody of a Liverpool persuasion are gunning for Man City to drop some points. I, sus- I suspect that's not going to happen against Leeds. I, I do think there are trickier ties ahead, possibly, but... Eventually, Man City's run-in is fairly straightforward. I only can look at possibly that Newcastle game and Aston Villa game for them to be dropping points. I suspect Leeds United, yes, it's at Allen Road, so the atmosphere will be different. But they are not Leeds may not be under Bielsa anymore, so they don't concede as much. Like Leeds used to capitulate under Bielsa, they don't do that much under Jesse March. But I suspect Man City will have a bit too much and Man City will get the job done. Yeah, Roshan, I posed that question to you because uh, I, I, I think City will win Leeds. But my hot take is that uh, when it comes to Newcastle-Liverpool, this is a fixture Liverpool drop points in. Uh, I, I, I think Newcastle have been not just wonderful to watch, they've been organised. Uh, they've got the grit, they've got the tenacity, they've got the flair. Uh, they're one of the teams that I've enjoyed watching over the last few game weeks. And given the fact that this is a home fixture for Newcastle. The fans will be loud. They'll be behind this Newcastle team. Uh, I don't see Liverpool getting a win here. What about you, Roshan? Yeah, I think Newcastle on a run of four victories on the bounce have done really well. Bruno Gamerez has come into his own. But I feel hard done by for Liverpool and I never, again, this is something I never thought I'll say. But having played midweek to kick off the weekend at 12.30 on a Saturday UK time, 7.30 Singapore time, is a bit unfair on the schedule makers. I don't know why that's the case. So, that could be an Achilles heel for Liverpool going into this one because fatigue will play a part. Having said that, they did manage to arrest some players. They took off Trent, they took off Sadio Mane midweek. So, there is some form of rotation and Liverpool, I've seen now, have a squad depth like they've never had before. So, maybe that will count for something. And I touched on it earlier, if they do rotate, Robertson goes out for Simicas. I think that's a like for like almost. And they have options in the middle of the park as well. So, it'll be interesting to see. I do take your point though, Newcastle will be a very difficult opposition for Liverpool to break down, especially at St. James Park, especially with confidence. But I just look at this Liverpool team and they are just way too efficient the way they go about their business now. So I suspect Liverpool will get the job done here, you know. Okay, give me your predictions for Newcastle, Liverpool and Leeds, Man City. I I suspect Liverpool will win this one 2-1 or 3-1. And uh, for Man City, I I don't see Leeds United causing them much much of a problem. So I suspect... Man City to beat them 2-0. What about uh, you? I'm going for a Newcastle 2-2 draw against Liverpool. Uh, while Man City probably win this one 3-1 uh, against Leeds United. Uh, very quickly, uh, just need to talk about uh, Spurs as well since you already mentioned Arsenal getting a win against Hammers. Any problems for Spurs against Leicester? I mean, similar for uh, similar to West Ham here where the Foxes were in the Europa Conference action and, and they too will probably rest uh, their players in, in view of that because in the league they've got not much to fight for uh, easy win for Spurs as well? I don't know I can't I can you at all say easy win for Spurs all season long I think that's something very difficult to put your head on but on paper yes Leicester had European competition and therefore the onus is on Tottenham to take the game but Tottenham are just so unpredictable they are so Jekyll and Hyde and they've, they've laboured in the past couple of performances chance creation has become suddenly a problem that uh, Son Kane access isn't quite working anymore. But again, because they are so Jekyll and Hyde, they only take a second to click it and 
turn it on. And I suspect against a Leicester side who will be tired, who will be fatigued and who will rotate, Tottenham have to get three points and I suspect they will. And I suspect Leicester, I feel almost once they go down, I, I don't see much fight in them this season. So if Tottenham manage an early goal, I suspect Tottenham will smell blood and get the job done. I suspect Tottenham will win this 3-0. Alright, perfect. Uh, before we go though, uh, we've got a captain's call. But before that, I would like to try uh, make an attempt at the trivia rather. Um, and I think Son has scored a lot of goals, but I'm not sure whether it's against top five, but I'm going to go for Son. Nope, it's not Son Heung-min. You want me to reveal the answer? Yes, please. Okay, so of the five players, Cristiano Ronaldo leads the way with eight, and then there are four players tied on four. You picked out Mo Salah and Diogo Jota, who is correct. There's another Liverpool player there, that's Sadio Mane. He's also scored four against top five opposition. The fifth and final entry into that top five is the surprising one. It's Odson Edward, who scored oh. four goals against top five opposition, which was what I was hoping to catch you out on, and I've successfully done it. So even if I don't beat you in FPL this season, I beat you in trivia this week, and that means something. That's correct. Uh, <laughs> got to take any win as it comes. I uh, agree. Yeah, let's talk about the, the captain. I think uh, this week it's harder than most weeks. I think there's no obvious one. Um, but the one that obvious choice for the one that is an obvious choice for me would be Harry Kane because, uh, like I mentioned, um, West Ham and and, Les- and Leicester, you know, they might be resting players. Uh, obviously, we don't we can't see the team sheets be- when we lock in our captains, but. These are the two games I would target, and and I've got, I've got two uh, players from that. Uh, so for Arsenal, I've got Odegaard, uh, and from Spurs, I've got Harry Kane, uh, attacking players. Wise, so to me, the the obvious one would be Harry Kane, and and I think he will get at least a goal against Leicester. Yeah, I, I can't fault you for picking Harry Kane. I've put my armband on Harry Kane a couple of weeks. Haven't got much return, but this week I'm going to go for a differential because game week 35 already, nothing to lose. I might as well try something. I look at that Chelsea Everton fixture and I see. Lampard coming back to the bridge and, I mean, facing his old employers. It's not at the bridge, it's at Goodson Park, by the way. But I suspect Chelsea will have a bit too much. And I suspect someone like Mason Mount or uh, Kai Havertz to get the job done against a very leaky Everton defence, I feel. And don't take... The only result Everton have got in recent weeks is against Manchester United. But anybody can get a result against Manchester United at this point. So I'm going to back a Chelsea asset this week and try and bring in one of Havertz or Mount and put the armband on them. Fantastic, Roshan. Uh, again, you know, we, we are running out of, of game weeks. Uh, not just in FPL perspective, but to also do this show. Uh, we do hope you can show your support by, you know, joining the, the Live Now Match of the Week contest on Instagram. Just engage with us on our posts and, and have some discussions. Uh, thank you so much for listening to us on this episode. We'll see you again next week.